This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Coming up to 5.08, you're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila, Lynn and Sharad. First up, paid influencers on TikTok, we explore. So this is... Uh this has been making the rounds for a little bit, right? Firstly, we have seen a lot of influencers ostensibly organically promoting political parties uh, circling the internet and TikTok perhaps in particular. So a lot of people saying who they're going to vote for, why. And, you know, some similar scripts, I think, some similar approaches have emerged through that. And uh, because of that, or rather in response to that, netizens have accused Paikatan National and Barisa National of offering to pay TikTokers to endorse the party in the upcoming GE. Now, uh, a number of places have reported this, including World of Buzz, and uh, screenshots of messages outlining the terms and rates for these TikTok posts have been shared. Uh, some of them call for the creator to wear the party's T-shirt, gives them a script. Uh, I think those probably are actually the least successful of the lot. Um, and the screenshots also show the differing rates um, and amounts of money offered it, depending on the number of followers that the influencers command. Why would this be of surprise to anybody? When you think of an influencer, you're you're really looking at somebody who's turned uh, their opinions and their presence on social media into a business proposition. And they, you know, will uh, do what is necessary to make money, which is to get sponsorships for the kinds of messages they put out. So the fact that political parties in an election season would would do the same and, and think of them as vehicles for messaging is not it's one not surprising the question then to ask is does that diminish them in the eyes of their followers i mean if you followed a fashion influencer for years would you now think seriously about not following them because they've suddenly inserted a political message? How are they styling the T-shirt, Sharad? <laughs> you know, it all depends on that. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing is, if you look at the um, responses to these online, uh, there has been criticism, both for the parties as well as for the influencers and TikTokers themselves. Uh, one commenter, for instance, said that um, these influencers should be careful about making this sort of content because there are many young voters who are easily influenced. Um, another person said um, that endorsing a bad party and helping them win would mean that they are somehow failing their followers, you know. So there are multiple um, multiple sorts of criticism. But, you know, to be fair, this got me thinking about what we expect from influencers in the first place. Because if we are theoretically okay with them taking money to promote brands, why would that not extend to a political party? Um, and, and, you know, on paper, actually, it's not very different. So I think I think what it comes down to is uh, actually something that Sharad raised earlier, which is this question of authenticity or why it is that you follow an influencer, you know, what it is that you want out of their content. And the, the perception, I think, for political parties is that you stand for something more than a brand. Brands can tell you they stand for something, but ultimately political parties are going to have the people who then go on to be in power and make decisions and create policy that do in fact impact your life um, in, in very particular ways. So I think if you have been perceived to be a certain type of influencer, people think that you stand for whatever, whatever, um, and now it turns out that 
uh, this is the sort of thing that, that you are willing to take money for. I think it can affect the way you are perceived, but also, and this is something that you see in marketing in general, because you do see, if you follow enough influencers, whenever there is a brand that is doing a big rollout, suddenly everyone is wearing the same thing and <laughs> saying the same things about how the brand makes them Using feel. the same hashtags. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so it's one thing, um, you know, it's an insidious thing anyway when they're asking you to buy stuff. It's quite another thing when they are telling you, things that I genuinely think about a party. <laughs> I think it reflects differently. Yeah, there's also the issue of what a follower is, right? So the assumption that we make uh, often in, in these discussions is that followers are some somehow robots or lemmings and they will go, go with their influences off a cliff, you know, so on and so forth. I don't know if that's true. I mean, an influencer could be very popular, um, but, you know, and it just might be for the initial offering or the fact that they look good and it's, you know, a bit of... It doesn't mean the person following them buys in totally or is, you know, sort of in a cult group where they're this group think. I, mean, I don't know if it works that way, especially because there are so many influences out there. Your attention is dispersed across so many uh, sources of information and influence that nobody could have that kind of cultish control over followers. So followers today in this in social media sense might not be the kind of thing that we think they are they might not be so easily manipulated well there's also the question of whether it's clear that it's paid for content right um, i mean there's a reason why instagram and i believe even tiktok and a number of the uh, social media platforms have introduced the need for you to declare or, or there's a there's a little blurb that appears at the top of your post that says paid partnership and so on um, not all of the ones that have popped up under these indicate that though. Um, so I think then it also goes back to a question of not just authenticity, but actually declaring your uh, vested interests. Well, yeah, because if you do declare it, um, you might not be able to post it. So, yeah. so there are all these things. So we are talking about whether TikTokers, influencers make a difference when it comes to how people vote in the elections. Uh, and we're asking you, do you notice when posts are paid for, does this change the way you feel about the content? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. After this, we'll be speaking with Alif Naif, who is Student Union President at IIUM. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. Bodacious, fabulous minds. BFM 89.9, the business station. It's 5.15. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila, Lynn and Sharad. And we're talking about influencers and whether they, they're able to change minds when it comes to the, G, to the elections. Uh, and uh, we're asking you whether you notice when posts are paid for. Does this change the way you feel about the content? You can call us, double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now on the line is Alif Naif, Student Union President at the International Islamic University, Malaysia. Alif, good to have you with us. Thank you for having me. So from your perspective, how influential have influences been in this GE among young people? Have they significantly shaped conversations? I would say to a certain extent, yes, uh, they have shaped conversation, but uh, some attention must be paid uh, to the nature of that sorry, to the nature of the influencer uh, themselves. Uh, for example, you did mention about um, some influence, sorry, some influences in fashion sense. So uh, some did uh, take into account whether or not their political, um, uh, sorry, 
their influence on politics is something that should be taken uh, as uh, an influence to the youth. So I would say yes, it has uh, shaped conversation, uh, but it depends on on the nature of that influencer uh, themselves. And have you seen these paid videos uh, from influencers endorsing PN and BN popping up on your feed? Yeah, I, I did see uh, some. Uh, I'm not a frequent uh, user of TikTok. Uh, however, I uh, got some information from my friend uh, that they uh, saw uh, some of the the videos um, and also some did share those videos to Twitter uh, in which I, I frequently see uh, there. Alif, uh, generally speaking, do you think young people, I mean, maybe gen- people in general, but young people in particular, can tell when content is paid for? I would say no, because uh, throughout the campaign period, we can see how some people who don't usually express their political tendencies uh, started to uh, come out and then share what they, uh, or, or who they, which party they choose um, and they support. So I would say uh, it is quite hard for the the youth or the people uh, to tell whether the, the content is paid for. And do you think people perceive paid posts differently? Are they seen as being less sincere or less convincing? Uh, if, let's say, the people know that the, the content videos or Twitter threads... Uh, is paid for, uh, I would say people will see as less sincere because uh, in this in this time, uh, especially during the campaign period, people wanted to see or understand facts uh, which they can use to uh, help them to make informed decisions. However, this paid um, content might come out as uh, some sort of uh, distorted information in some sense. So the people might perceive it as as less convincing, of course. There have been comparisons made between paid influencers and cyber troopers. I'm curious to know whether you think that's a fair comparison. Do you see them as one and the same? I would say there is a fair comparison. However, the difference uh, between cyber troopers, usually they don't have uh, that much influence over others. They are, they are just there to act as, for example, as bots uh, who try to increase the quantity of a certain information so that when people frequently see it, uh, then they will have the tendency to to believe in it. However, influencers, they don't have uh, to share much in terms of quantity, but they have influence in terms of, I would say in some sense, in terms of quality because they already have followers, uh, they already have the influence over people, they don't have to put much effort uh, to again and again convince people they have to make it like one and one or two times just uh, and after that they can already convince some people so they are fair comparison however they are not the same like if you take a concrete case uh, not just of an influencer you know uh, leaning towards a candidate or a political party but somebody who's actually uh, you know thrown her hat into the ring and that's Cleopatra I believe that's what she's called and uh, her bid uh, to be MP of Batu you know, what do you think that's going on in that particular case? Um, some influencers, I would say, tend to believe that social media, their popularity on social media could be translated uh, to the popularity on the ground. Hence why we can see uh, 
a person like Cleopatra who I would say it is her right to contest in the election. However, some people do see, especially the young voters, see as social media um, uh, popularity could be translated on the ground. Hence why we can see, for example, if we put Cleopatra aside, we can see how some people urge their uh, certain influencers who currently uh, getting active in politics to contest because they see as democracy as a as a contest uh, of popularity in which, in some sense, it is true, but not to an extent where popular people can become a reliable policymakers. So we talked earlier about um, how people can't always tell when something is paid for. Do you see this as an issue of political literacy or of media literacy? I would say it's an issue of both uh, because in terms of political literacy, uh, we can we can certainly tell that this influences sometimes they might not get the full picture given that it's not their, uh, their uh, nature, for example, to talk about politics. Some talk about uh, some other things. Some talk about food. Some talk about fashion. Some talk about uh, entertainment. How, so when, when they come out uh, uh, often to talk about politics suddenly, so it is an issue. Sometimes... Uh, they got the information uh, wrong or sometimes the information is not being conveyed in the full picture. In terms of media literacy, I would say it is an issue too as people might not differentiate or could not have a, having a difficulty uh, differentiating between uh, what kind of information is real, reliable on the media, um, especially uh, in terms of differentiating between information and also propaganda. So TikTok does actually prohibit people, uh, political parties specifically, from paying creators um, from making branded content. How helpful do you think regulations like these are? I might, uh, I might have two different view on this. Uh, the first, my first view is that I would see this as helpful uh, in the sense that it helps contain any misinformation among uh, the masses in which it is, of course, it is something good. However, in another uh, opinion that I might also convey is that it it is, it is uh, sorry, uh, media or social media has become new constituencies uh, in politics. Uh, some even call TikTok as P224 uh, as the uh, another another uh, constituency in, in politics. Uh, hence, it is something that could be used if, let's say, it is used correctly to convey reliable information uh, in which it has been um, uh, checked or, or, or the facts of it has been checked just like uh, what Twitter did uh, to, for example, uh, when you click on certain article, they, they urge you to read on those articles first or uh, during Trump era where they flag certain tweets as unreliable. So I would say it is helpful and unhelpful depending on, on which information or how misinformation is contained. I, you know, I wonder if we, this discussion is similar, if we were talking about traditional influences, beyond the social media realm, and we're talking about university academics or religious personalities, the fact that they have been brought into, uh, you know, into the discussions. We just recently saw Anwar Ibrahim being endorsed by 70 Malay uh, academics. What do you think of that? For well, this, 
I agree with you that it is something that has been done before uh, outside of the social media realm. Uh, and it for me, it has been some sort of uh, endorsement. I mean, politics is, uh, in some sense, is a contest of uh, branding. Polit- political parties has some sort of branding where they need ambassadors. Uh, before this, we, before the, the, the age of uh, virality, for the age of social media, we do have... Um, Celebrities, uh, for example, uh, you mentioned religious persons, academics, uh, to endorse certain people or certain parties uh, to become the government or prime minister. Uh, my thought on this is that uh, there are differences between uh, endorsement of an academics uh, and endorsement of, of influence. Of course, in in one uh, view, you can say it's all the same. It's just an endorsement of a cert, uh, towards a certain people. However, in another sense, academics is where we have reliable information, where they actually convey uh, knowledge or information to the masses in, in a more reliable manner. Um, and they themselves has been actively participate in politics. So they, what they convey, um, especially those academics, what they convey is something that uh, I would say uh, has more way to it compared to those of influences. Oh, very sorry. Uh, those of influences, especially those uh, social media influences. Mm, so, ideally speaking, then, what would you like to see from influencers and online personalities when it comes to politics? What would you, uh, what would you think is something that works and doesn't cross the line? Um, for this, uh, first, I have to uh, mention first that uh, influencers, social media influencers, they have their own right to. Um, share about uh, politics or their right to have tendencies and support certain political parties. But what I would like to see is that they being sincere in terms of conveying information. They are not uh, being paid for to do so because there are uh, some influences that that really admit that they are being paid. However, they will vote for someone else, uh, not, the, not the one that they are uh, uh, promoting. Uh, but this can become the second issue, which is misinformation, in which they, uh, these, these influencers, when they are being paid to promote certain things, they are being guided by certain scripts given by uh, political parties. And of course, these scripts uh, really is, is a propaganda. Uh, and um, I would say if influencers were to be uh were to share something uh, in the political realm, I would say do share something that is reliable, uh, not something that can be taken as propaganda. Share something that uh, that can actually assist in terms of uh, our politics, meaning uh, less gossipings and more on policies, I would say. Alif, uh, we have less than a minute with you. Where will you be voting this Saturday? How are you feeling about casting your vote for the first time? I will be voting in Sungai Petani Kedah uh, this Saturday um, and I'm feeling very excited and I would say I'm feeling very empowered to be given my chance uh, to become a first-time voter. Alif, thanks for speaking with us today. Thank you. That was Alif Naif, Student Union President at the International Islamic University Malaysia, um, speaking to us about influencers putting out um, 
content on the elections. Um, and we've been asking you, do you notice when posts are paid for? Does this change the way you feel about the content? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, WhatsApp or send us a voice note at 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.